Welcome to the Gate 7 International Podcast, your official English source for all things Olympiakos FC and Greek football. The first day of training is when I realized, oh, this is why they win the league every year. When I, I spoke with Kevin, if I'm going to sign or no for Olympiakos, he said, you're a pretty good deal, like my friend. I can't speak, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Gates Heaven International Podcast. For all of you watching on YouTube, you can see me. I'm in a tank top. I'm sweating. <laughs> We're suffering a massive heat wave here in Northern Europe, and me in my little new attic apartment here in Brussels. I'm not doing too well. Got the fan blasting next to me. This is probably one of the on only times you'll see me uh, in a tank top on the episode. So I apologize. Also, hopefully my employer doesn't watch because that's not a good look. But anyway, um, we're all here to talk about the big game tomorrow with Maccabi Haifa. And we've been so lucky to um, have discussions with the Barking Green podcast. I hope I, I said it right because yep. it's in Hebrew as well. And Costa has spoken with the guys over there on their podcast. We have tweeted out the link, but we'll make sure to do so as well. That was a really interesting conversation. I listened to it. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. And now we're happy to have them on our podcast. I'm happy to introduce Offer Prosner um, to our podcast, the Maccabi Haifa fan. Welcome, Offer, hey. To, hey. to our show. Hey, great to be here. I love how you're dressed, Lambros. Thank you. Amazing stuff. <laughs> I, I feel like I would be perfect on a Greek beach or maybe on a beach of Israel. But in Brussels, I don't think a lot of people dress like this very often. So it's a surprise. For that makes beach, you, you're way overdressed. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That makes exactly. one of us offer. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, the, the big match is um, happening tomorrow. And I think we, we should start off with um, what's new. Um, I, I I'm sorry for the, the noise. Ah, no worries. Um, so, let's start off with the recent match of uh Maccabi Haifa I guess I I watched the match the Super Cup it was the first official game of Maccabi Haifa offer what is the feeling of Maccabi Haifa fans going into the game tomorrow night and what are you guys um, thinking so first of all I'm sorry for the noise um, oh, no and some, something got late so apologies um I would say this um although it's the Super Cup so it's supposed to be you know really like a fancy match and something that people are really looking forward to it in in essence nobody really cared that much about it it's nice to win and we were upset that we lost uh, especially in penalties especially two months almost after we lost to Paul Bersheva in the cup final also in penalties um, mm. and at home in front of you know capacity crowd almost we had 27,500 people coming in um but I think um, you know, it was a game of two halves. If you watch it, you know, you you can tell me what you thought about it. But, you know, the first yeah. half was really good. We reached a lot of chances. We scored on the, after 24 seconds, one of the fastest goals I've ever seen from Maccabi. Um, and then on the second half, something, you know, didn't click. It's really hard to kind of um, um, understand what happened. But I think it's still the beginning of the season. So people, you know, um, are... You know, very excited about tomorrow's game and don't take the game from Saturday too seriously. However, there are still football fans and, you know, um, one of the, um, I would say, things that uh, people are a bit worried about, um, I would say two main things. Well, three main things. I'm going to touch on the third thing um, in a second. But um, Maccabi played for 20 minutes in the second half. Uh, their all-time most expensive player, um, Pranzi Piero. And it didn't look very, very good. So people yeah, I didn't want out. to say that. I didn't no. want. I, I watched the game as well, and I was like, "Wow, this new striker!" Because I read about it, I was like, "He looks very not extraordinary." Um, <laughs> I hope that stays and... true with our matches, but yeah. Shots fired already, and we haven't started. I know. Playing I'm yet. sorry. <laughs> I, I brought it up. I, I'm, I'm, I'm good catching the fire, but, but I think you know it's the first game, so people have some patience with him. They're not gonna, um, you know. Um, be too much decisive, you know, on the first game. Although there are fans, you know, it. I guess Olympiacos have fans like this that 
a player comes in, costs lots of money, made the first game not too, not too good, and uh, internet and message boards, yes, and everybody's, um, you know, um, on him. Um, but, but we still don't know and we're still waiting. And the second thing that um, maybe you watched, there was a, a number 26, Jabber, a very good player. Uh, he actually mm. got injured in the game. Uh, he left in, uh, in halftime and he's not going to play tomorrow or next week. Uh, he's oh, wow. out for four to six weeks. He also had some uh, injury problems um, last season. So people are worried about that. We're, we don't know what's going on with the, our midfield. And the first thing that the people are worried about, and you know, I promise the people I'm going to ask you about, is um, our central defender, Bogdan Planic. Now, Planic, um, you can tell me all about it. Um, the, the news in Israel are all about him going to Aeka, Athens? Aek, Aek. Aek, Aek. Um, there is talk about uh, 1.3 million, uh, 1.8 million, million, 2 million. Um, so before we go, you know, talk about it, can you maybe tell our, the listeners of Maccabi Haifa, the fans of Maccabi Haifa are listening, do you think it's going to happen? Do you think they're going to buy him or not? Mm-hmm. What, 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 what do you hear from Greek uh, media? Yeah, uh, we, we talked about it a little bit. Costa, of course, you can jump in if you've been reading a bit. But what I understood, I've been listening to the radio a bit here. Um, I don't, we don't have sources with Ike, of course. But um, what I've understood is that Ike is really keen on the player. They had one of the worst defenses I've ever seen in of a top <laughs> Greek team last season. It was really, really poor. And so they've been looking to secure the defense. And Planich has come up and... There were reports basically that Ike was looking at around a million to a million and a half euros to sign the player. I was quite surprised with the signing and people can jump in because that's quite a lot of money for Ike for a player that they may not be able to sell on afterwards around 30 to 31 years old of a player. Typically, if Ike is going to spend money on a player, they want to resell them. Um, but from what I understand of what I've read is they're very close. Uh, there was reports they've uh, shaken hands, it's coming, blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. There's there's pages, there's a lot of Ike um, pages, you know, that have said, this is not from the radio or reporters, that have said they've shaken hands and that the deal will go through after the tie with Olympiakos. I don't know okay. if that's true. I haven't heard well, that exactly from a rumor, but I've seen that pop up um, in Greek kind do of they like have, fan do they have pages. the money? Like have the money? Yes, they, they have. Do. Well, the the they, reports that I'm reading basically it's a 1.3 million pound offer, a million euro. Sorry, yeah, 1.3 million euro offer uh, to Maccabi for uh, Planets. Uh, there is no agreement yet, uh, but Ike, but, but negotiations are going very well for Ike. Uh, the Greek team have the upper hand. In this whole story, uh, what what they say in Greece is that it's very close, but yeah. like you you take that with a, with with a, with Brain a of pinch salt. of salt with yeah. a pinch of salt in Greece when every time you hear that. But the reports that I have is that Planets is, is very keen on that move. Maccabi mm. know that because Ike are offering him better personal terms. It's a bit of a strange one also because Maccabi can play in Europe next season. Ike won't. Yeah, Ike are nowhere. Yeah, they have no not, chance. They didn't even make it to the qualifiers, whereas Maccabi can play to the champions, the, can play in the Champions League, Europa League, Europa Conference. If they make it past Olympiacos, they're, they're, they, they, they got a place in Europe sealed with conference. Yeah. yeah. It's a bit of a strange one. But yeah. uh, I don't know. Like, I told you guys um, last week, if I remember, we, we chatted. I told you that Olympiacos are the kind of team that do not sell their best players before the qualifiers are over. At least they don't tend to do that. So I don't expect Cisse, the cameras, or any other major player leaving Olympiacos before, well, anytime soon. Not before the playoffs, not before the third qualifier, definitely not before the third qualifier. What are Maccabi like? Are Maccabi the kind of team that will uh, sell the best players during the qualifiers? So, so that's the story, you know? That's, that's what... Um... What's the big uh, brouhaha in the, in the, in the um, I would say, social media and the fans? Uh, it's not about, you know, there, there are two, two things about it, right? Um, one of the things that people are, were very happy about is that the team, uh, Maccabi, actually made uh, the entire squad ready in June. So the squad was ready in June, and people were like, okay, you know, even if some player, 
wasn't as good, you know. But still, it's, it's very good to have the squad ready and to have the, um, the training camp, you know, with all the, people, with all the players and, and all the different, uh, um, you know, uh, positions in the field. And we didn't really miss anyone. And now to go and sell, people are saying that this is kind of a defeatist kind of a, of a move, reminisce of the bad 10 years of Maccabi. Um, a team doesn't think big enough and doesn't think that, you know, it's, it's very hard, you know, getting in, uh, especially a defender, okay, as opposed to a central defender who is the cornerstone of the defense, um, getting him a, a new player in this position uh, in the defense, it's, it's, a, it's, a, you know, it's a big risk. So people are not happy about it. And they're not happy about how you said, Maccabi, should we be a team that sell players in the qualifiers? There's also talk not only about uh, Planet, but also about Abu Fani. A lot of talk about him being uh, uh, sold on. Um, and and we, we don't know, honestly. Um, we don't know what's going on. I can tell you that um, in any, any case, he's going to play against Olympiacos in both legs. And I'm hearing some rumors. I don't know that the result uh, will affect him moving or staying. Um, you know, maybe if uh, there's... Already we have the the draw if we pass Olympiacos or lose or, or lose to them. So we know who are, we are going to play. You know, the team is going to be Apollo Limassol. So um, Apollo Limassol, I think, is a team that uh, is not a, a big team. I think it, Olympiacos, for example, is better than Limassol, from, from my understanding. Again, I don't know. You maybe know better than me. It's, but uh, take... it's, uh, it, it's very Costa and I have different uh, opinions on this, but to give you an example... Limassol loaned in a player from Olympiacos' second team, like in their U23 team, to be a starter for their team this season. If that gives you an example, I guess. I, I, um, I, that's what I thought. Yeah. In terms of, of, you know, squad worth, and, and they're, they're also they're not playing at home, their home games. So, you know, they play in the GSP instead of their home the stadium. The second so. was in the Cypriot, is in Cyprus, the second game, yes. The oh, second obviously, game, no, yeah. obviously, that's a very long time ahead, though. And, uh, yeah, uh, of course. Yeah, and Maccabi have, very, have two very uh, difficult ties ahead of yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, oh, but no, but, but, but yeah. I, I would say the same thing. It's uh, The draw, I think, was more favorable this time with uh, Apolluna than it was with uh, Maccabi. Of course, we could have gotten a, not a worse team than Maccabi in the draw, as everyone said, Maccabi was probably the hardest team in the draw, and yeah. we drew Maccabi. So, yeah, we'll yeah. see. Yeah. So, yeah. so this is the thing, you know. To go back to your question, sorry to to stop you, but that's it. Yeah. Um, we don't want to be seen as the team that sells. We want to be seen as the team that buys and keeps, and are strong enough that player want to want to stay. And a lot of the, I think the um, the anger, uh, it's very harsh words, comes because. We knew that this issue was something that was supposed, you know, it, it started way back that they didn't have a contract in place for a longer term with the planage. And now, you know, instead of, you know, just keeping him and playing and not worried about, not worrying about it, you have to deal with this issue. And it, it reminisce, you know, we, we think about last year, we had the same issue with Abu Fani. We didn't want to sign a contract. He didn't play, I think, uh, two games before Feyenoord, the first home game in the in the conference league and and only after you know he changed some agents it was a whole issue he played in the end but but still i i think he played though i'm not sure i don't remember but there was issue with that as well so it, the, the crowd kind of wants the team the club to just sign the players you know we have 20,000 season tickets uh, they already sold you know from the two games already uh, 57,000 tickets you know and very nice prices the team is making money so why don't you keep the players? Um, and I think that's that's the big issue. Like we, we show the love, we show we put in the money, the fans. So why not, you know, why not just keep the players and not just take any chances? It's, where where, it's where will point. his head be? Where will his head be in those two games, Planet? Maccabi Haifa, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. So yeah, yeah he's he's, um... he's a Serbian. He's is this guy is is he's amazing. He's hmm. You know, we talked about players who, who the, the crowd after a, a one bad game is, you know, uh, it, it yeah. kills. He had the first 10 games during COVID last, uh, two seasons ago. And I was in the games because I had the press pass. I could go to the games and he was not that good. And friends that, uh, you know, Amit who was with us in the pod last week also was with me. 
And he was like telling me, I remember, I don't remember which game, but you know, Planet is not that good. Like he's, mm. he's, he's not going to stay. And then I think he was the biggest beneficiary of uh, no crowds in the stadium because nobody was there to boo him. Nobody was there to kind of, you know, mess with him. And he had the time to grow as a player and, and he, he was the cornerstone. It, it was amazing. Yeah. No, it's, it's interesting. Um, we were talking about this actually on Sunday night. We did an episode and we were talking about the difference of opinion you get from a player when you watch a game in the stadium. Um, Costa and I watched Olympiakos game with Atalanta, but also I went to the game in Frankfurt with Eintracht and Socrates Papastathopoulos. I, on TV, you're like, okay, it's a decent player, but in person, when you watch his positioning and some of the tactics he does, you're just amazed, you know? It's like incredible defender. And like I said, in person, you see he's a master of the dark arts, a bit of a tug, a bit of a nudge that's borderline foul or card and doesn't get it. Like he, he's such an experienced defender at doing that. And with that also, um, I need to ask everyone, we have tons of people here live as well watching, also on recording probably tomorrow morning or maybe even this evening. Please do like and subscribe, guys, if you like our content and if you're interested in following Olympiacos. We've had a lot of Israeli fans join us in conversations recently and sending us messages. It's been a lot of fun. I know uh, Adi has come on uh, before he's commenting tonight as well, has come on the podcast once before, and we had a great conversation. And I hope after this tie, hopefully he can he can still follow us a bit and uh, maybe has a small place in his heart for Olympiacos and other Israeli fans who've been following us along and following our content. So please do like and subscribe. It helps share the podcast and messages around. So uh, getting getting back um, to to I guess the main the main conversation. What what would you say is the feeling of Maccabi fans? We talked about that a bit, but the preseason games. How did they go for Maccabi? Was there? Because we can tell you right away, Olympiacos didn't have the best preseason in terms of results. Fans are a bit complaining i guess we say performance wise as well results are not important wise. in preseason matches but performances are yeah what 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 do you what would you say is the feeling in maccabi different uh similar it's really hard to say because a lot of times we did like win a lot of games in the in the preseason but uh, um but then we started the season and we, you know, lost two games and it was just woo, down downhill. And I told you, I think that one of the main things that was important to the fans was that we had the whole squad already ready for the game. So the terms of, you know, specific results, I don't know, you know, we, we lost some, we won some. It, it, it doesn't really matter, okay? I don't think nobody... And not a lot of fans were like, oh, wow, we lost against, the, I think it was Mechel and 1-0 in the, in the last minute. Oh, it's, it's bad. Yeah. I, I don't think it was like, you know, a big deal. Um, however, um, you know, one of the things that I, I noticed on Saturday um, was that people are, were very looking forward to see the new players, obviously. And, and I think that's the main thing that... Um, People want to know in in the in the uh, the preseason. How are the the we have two new defenders, okay, and the new uh, um, the new striker? How will they uh, fit in? Um, and and so far, I think you know we don't know yet. So um, I, for example, you know, I was in the game and I thought they are uh, um, uh, the left defender, uh, Cournot. We have a lot of issues how to pronounce it, so I'm. Apologize if I'm mispronouncing it. You know, it's Gourneau. You maybe know better because you live in Brussels. It's, it's French. So, um, I thought he was great on attack, but on defense, not so much. And and the other guy, Songren, was okay on defense, but you know, we didn't see too much of him on on uh, the attack. And you said about Pier, uh, uh, Piero. Uh, you know, you already talked about it. So, you know, one of the one of the biggest things that you can say about Maccabi, which are very important, I think, from, from last season, is that the skeleton of the team, you know, the main players, um, they stayed from last season. And we were the best team in Israel. We won the championship comfortably, I would say. And those players, I, I, I really, really looking forward to hearing who you have, you know, you saw the game 
uh, Lambert. So I really yeah. look forward to, to, to hearing who, who you found, you know, interesting. But I think to keep the same players, even though you won two championships in, in a row, um, most of them, you know, keeping them a part of, you know, uh, Jose uh, Rodriguez, which was great, um, was a very good sign. So even though we didn't play that good in the, um, in the preseason, um, I think if I need to put two points, I'm not the biggest, you know, uh, football uh, uh, analytics guy like you guys are or the other guys in the podcast. But I think the two main, you know, points of uh, um, curiosity was the new uh, defenders and, and, the, uh, and the striker and also what kind of system are we going to play. Um, and I think it's a little bit different from last season. Um, just judging by one game, which is, you know, you never know. Because maybe uh, Bachar, who is the coach, tried to kind of uh, get Olympiacos and maybe, you know, uh, uh, give them like a false kind of thing, how they will go and, they, you know, who's going to play or whatnot. Um, so I know I didn't give you a, the best of answers and I apologize yeah. for that. No worries. Uh, but, but I think that... Um, Judging from you know the first half, if Maccabi would play like that against Olympiacos, yeah. and I think they could because they did a lot of uh, subs, and um, it's going to be a, a game with a different atmosphere and a different you know vibe. So all of the yeah. other games that they played so far is nothing compared to what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah, you could say that again, uh, Labro. Who did you? Um, what did you think about the, what you saw? Yeah, that, that's the thing. When I was watching the first half, I thought, "Oh my God, we're in such big trouble." Um, because when I thought, when we were thinking of Maccabi Haifa, I thought they were going to be at. Because I think back to when Olympiakos was knocked up by Hapoel Beersheba years ago, years, years, yeah. years ago. I thought about a very compact team that counterattacks very fast. And to be honest, Maccabi Haifa was pretty free flowing that in that first half. They were passing the ball. They weren't afraid to go. They're forming triangles. The player that stuck out to me was the number seven, Azili. I, I think that's the name. Azili. Azili was, was quite yeah. good. Um, also, Cherry, when he came on, I thought was quite good. He held the ball well and he made a few turns, drew a few fouls. Um, also, Daniel Sutgren, from, from what I watched, it just reminded me of how he played with Aris. He has a good right foot on him. The crosses are good, but I would say he's not the quickest. Defensively, he's quite strong. A lot of Olympiacos fans were actually quite keen to sign him as a backup, but um, that didn't come. Um, but yeah, I also thought that this is a really interesting point you brought up about the left back. I thought he was very poor defensively. I remember one cross that that Persheva meant, and I was like, where is the defense? I don't know if it was for their goal or it was a dangerous opportunity, and I was considering, wow, okay, this guy, he didn't even come out to defend. It was a poor moment. And yeah. last, I would say... The goalkeeper had the moment where it could have been a goal, but then they ruled it as a foul. And I was I was considering, oh, wow, that, that may be a weak point as well. Because um, you saw the indecision in the air. He was going, and, he, and I was like, hmm, is this going to be a weak point as well? Those were my, my first thoughts. And names don't last with me um, very well. I saw a few more players, but I'm not remembering the numbers very well. And, of course, there was no English commentary I was listening uh, <laughs> in the Hebrew, so <laughs> so I didn't get many of the names. So yeah, okay, it's interesting, our, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. our uh, our Gate Seven International co-host Kostadinos Levoyanis couldn't make it tonight. Yeah, uh, he's he asking you. He's asking you. Please tell us about Jabber and why he's so important to Maccabi and who are the danger men: Atsili, Cherry, and he said cheers because he's a very mm -hmm. nice guy. He's British. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I start with Jabber. Why is he so important? Um, so Jabber is kind of um, the positioning that he has on the field in the games that he plays is all over the place from the midfield to the attack. And you, you see him, you know, weirdly in the center of the attack in, in the other team's, you know, uh, box. And you see him in the midfield and he can take the ball and he is very quick. Um, and his football mind is amazing. You know, he does a lot of great actions, and we're kind of hoping for him to be like a like a player, a, like a future star. Okay, um, Israeli players usually don't get a lot of the, in the big teams uh, uh, in, in, in when they're young because 
they don't get a lot of chances and, and he's 22 but he's still considered young so uh, but but he is keep keep getting injured so we don't know and but he's positioning in 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 the field in the way that he's kind of like a free player um in the the second half of the of the field you know the 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 the, the forward half makes him very very dangerous um yeah. because he always takes a player with him and he's very quick to release it and then there's someone he always finds someone free so that's that um regarding the the player who is you know going to be a big problem for Olympiacos um i think i told you this last week uh, costas um it's atili the he scored 20 goals and 10 assists yeah. uh, last season he scored an amazing goal on um on saturday you know if you seen it it's it's really great um and he can score a goal out of any like from nowhere you know is is this kind of player that just goes and just scores a goal from out of nowhere and people are like whoa and yeah. and shari I like Sheree better because Sheree is the kind of player that you, you buy a ticket to see. He just does things with the ball and scores goals from out of nowhere. And, and the thing about him, I think, and this is going to be very interesting, um, Sheree is a very big clutch player. So he's, he's showing in the important games. Big games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And usually those come in the end of the season, you know, in the playoffs. And in the playoffs so far, he was amazing. You know, he scored some... He scored the equalizer in the 93rd minute against Maccabi Tel Aviv, which was essentially a clincher of the, almost a clincher of the title. And, and then I think a week later, if I'm not mistaken, you know, it's, all the games are kind of a blur, but he scored blur, an amazing, yeah. amazing, amazing goal against Sakhnin in a one nil win. Just really, if you haven't have a chance to look at it, I, I can send you afterwards. He spins Please around in the, in the, yeah. in the box and just, takes a, a chip you know and it goes slow 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 and up. just the, the perfect position where the keeper can't touch it and it just went in somehow and and he's amazing um, yeah so so I would say those two players uh, are great he had uh, some nice turns cherry I remember he like would do maybe a quick pass and go around and he would be fouled or he would spin yeah. someone quite easy I was actually I really enjoyed when he came on the pitch it was it was yeah. enjoyable to watch and we're still waiting he's gonna open on uh, on on tomorrow i i i would bet on it like, he didn't open mm. on on yeah. Saturday. that was interesting to me he came he didn't he came on halftime right am i right yeah. remember yeah and okay i think no not on halftime not a little bit later than that because the one and... sub was at halftime yeah that's right the the player yeah, was would... injured yeah um and I think another player that uh, is, you know, we still want to see how he's, how he's going to be is Abu Fani. I suppose he's going to open. I, I really wonder how did you find number four, um, Ali Muhammad? You saw the game he played, I think, almost 90 minutes or maybe yeah. maybe 90. I don't remember. How, how did you find him? I mean, he was very yeah. good on the first half, but he kind of lost also. I feel like his... a lot of players like that lost the legs. Like he was covering pretty well. And then it kind of... It was funny to us, as me as an Olympiacos fan, because I started to see Andre Martins, who was an Olympiacos yeah. player, years, years, start to take the ball and not have much pressure in the midfield, which wasn't the case in the first half. I felt Andre Martins was a player who picked his pass and picked his areas quite well, and he got self on the ball and things like that. It seemed almost the midfield battle was starting to be lost at that point. So I, I, I see what you mean, but it almost seems like the legs were going, if that's a fair judgment. I, to be honest, I, I don't remember specific performances as well. I, I remembered a few to bring up. But, um... and, and, and then, you know, the, the last very interesting, you know, question mark is who's mm-hmm. going to open in the center of, of, the, of the attack. Is it Piero yeah. or is it Nikita Lukavica? He opened number 13. And he came back after in Beersheba. So he, he played for us oh, wow. a few years, went for one season in Beersheba and then returned uh, in the off-season. And uh, he was, um, when in Maccabi Haifa, the last two seasons in Maccabi Haifa, he was a uh, top scorer of the league twice in a row. Oh. Um, and, you know, we have two really good scorers. I would assume if Piero actually, um, you know, is all that he's supposed to be, hopefully. And yeah. we believe in uh, Maccabi scouting the... Uh, um, department, so I, I believe it's going to be good. They've been looking at him for some time. 
Um, yeah. But we don't know who's going to open, you know. People are saying that maybe Rukavica is going to open on Wednesday, but you never know with Bakar. It's, it's, well, it's, join the club yeah. on this one, really. Yeah. Um, I'd, like, <laughs> I'd, just like, I'd just like to answer to Adi Harongi that, yeah. uh, yes, Olympiakos did not train at Haifa and they're not intending yeah. to do before the match. Uh, they trained at Redi in Greece because that's something Olympiakos don't do under Pedro Martins. Yeah. They never train on the... Uh, on the pitch that's going to host a game uh, in an away game in Europe. Uh, and I would like to take this moment to uh, confirm to everyone who, about who's going to be on the squad tomorrow. Pedro Martins confirmed Hassan, Ba, and Andruzos are omitted, but, did add, but he did add Avila and Kunde. So the players who are on the, on, on the, on the, uh, on the, the Olympiaco squad are Vatslik, Zolakis, Papadoudis, Vrsaliko, Papastathopoulos, Avila, Manolas, Reabchuk, Sisse, Madia Gibu, and Abubakar Kamara, Buchalakis, Mvila, Kunde, Zinkernagel, Mashuras, Carvalho, Valbuena, Kane, Radzelovic, El Arabi, Antikinio. Yep. That, it was interesting the last second editions, and maybe now's a good time to go through some of the comments. There's so many comments coming in, guys. You're all very excited for the first official match uh greek footy watches calling out my tank tops he wants official gate seven international tank tops maybe one day maybe we can um, actually make some money yeah yeah uh there's there's more questions uh nectarios here is saying that i agreed with Maccabi to take him after the game i don't know about that i didn't i didn't read this and yeah adi asked about olympiacos traveling they they never travel on the radio actually i listened to this on the radio they said Pedro Martins is scared of spies coming. That was the policy. <laughs> That's how they, they're like, they don't want him to find things. And yeah, for a long time now, for Olympiacos, it's been like that. Um, yeah, uh, we have fans from Boston of Olympiacos. Adi says he'll support us if we move on. That's that's great. Spiros really is nice. joining us from Rhodes. Uh, Kalispera, Spiro. Yeah, Spiro. Uh, and this is a good question. I saw chat in the discussions happening in the chat about Olympiacos fans. The official line from the club is about five to six hundred fans will be coming to Haifa, and a lot of them will be coming from Cyprus. That's what we've heard. But there's also been comments from Maccabi Haifa fans saying no Olympiacos fans will come. To be honest, I have no idea. I really so, I, I don't know. I'll I, I tell you what happened. Um, a few days ago, it was uh, um, published that uh, no Olympiacos fans are coming. And Maccabi actually sold out to its own fans the entire away uh, section. They opened up 3,000 seats and they were sold out in May in like very, mm -hmm. very short time. Um, so I don't know where those Olympiacos fans are going to sit. Yeah. Um, that, that, that's my, I, I hope they have tickets, you know, and not just stay out in, in, the, in the heat and not going to the game, but if they do come. But um, I wonder why they, they, they're not coming because I heard that Olympiacos away support is pretty good. It is good. It it, is. I've been, it's I've very, been, it's good. Intense. It's very intense. But also, this is like the period of even in the home stadium in Piraeus, you may not see a full crowd because it's this period of people are on holiday or they're with family. It's usually Olympiacos struggles to have like full capacity and like full support in the summer months because, okay, it's summer in Greece. A lot of people stay, you know, or they leave Athens and, it's more difficult, so I because I don't remember actually we when we played Victoria Plisen we had away fans and then we played Krasnodar two summers ago we didn't have fans and then we went to play Basakshir of course in Turkey we don't have fans so um, yeah it, usually it's a mix if we are in Western Europe yes because there's a lot of Olympiakos fans in Germany here in Belgium in France and whatnot but um israel like I, I was mentioning to you it's a bit of a difficult destination for us there's yeah. not a lot of direct flights actually from here like a lot of what you'll find in traveling olympiacos fans is a lot of them are from abroad a lot of them are from germany they're from brussels oh, really? and switzerland yeah a lot of the travelers are abroad based so like i'm in the swiss olympiacos club and we go maybe 15 to 20 of us for most away games so it's like like that you know there's there's a an amount that comes. So I'm not really sure what's happening with the, the fan situation because what we've been told is you guys will have 1,600 fans in Piraeus. Uh, yeah, we'll get as many tickets as we're, you know, as yeah. you will offer. 
a lot of people are coming and making a holiday out of it. Uh, yeah. Some friends are going to the island and then coming to the game. So, you know, it's... it's no, it's smart, it's a, yeah. Yeah, it's a nice summer destination, Athens. People, people, a lot of, of Israelis go to Greece a lot. Yeah. Lots of flights, you know, between uh, Greece and, uh, and yeah. Tel Aviv. Uh, no, not only Athens, but also other parts of Greece, you know, to Hania, yeah. to uh, the islands. Yeah. But um, it's a shame because I think, it, you know, we, we love to have away fans. It's always great. Yeah. Um, if it was it... October, you would have a lot of Olympiacos fans there, I promise. But it's just these summer months are, I don't know what it is. It's, it's a, Costas, what do you think? Like, it's a combination of things almost. You think it's just holiday, it com- people planning. It is a combination of things. It is, it is the timing. But uh, in general, like, we, we did touch upon this a lot in your show offer. And I'm going to say this again. Basically, we don't hear that a lot in Greece. And I think my co-hosts disagree with me with what I'm about to say. But personally, I don't think Olibia, I don't see Olibia. I'm, I'm not convinced that Olibiakos are the favorites in this upcoming tie. Yes, I, I got all, <laughs> yes, I know you do. They, they, got, they got all those players with all that experience, a lot of big names. But it's just that this team is not clicking. It hasn't been yeah. clicking since last season. There's no identity in this team. When yeah. Ernesto Valverde took over in 2008, 10 on his second stint, he basically cemented the 4-2-3-1 formation with the number 10. We started with David Fuster, then came, um, then there was Fernando Bellucci before him, then came Chori Dominguez, then it was Costas Fortunis, who's now leaving. And now we have to play 3 It really seems like there's so many talented players that probably don't even get what they're supposed to do mm-hmm. on the pitch. Uh, these days and uh, also you know obviously we talked about how superstitious football can be and how superstitious fans are Olympiacos have a horrible horrible tradition with Israeli teams they've played with three Israeli teams in the past and they got eliminated against all three of them including Maccabi Haifa another thing we don't talk about a lot in Greece is that if Olympiacos screw up against Maccabi Pedro Martins' uh, position in the team will become immensely untenable I heard a rule. I heard from someone that he could even be sacked if Olympiacos don't make it through. So there's pressure there. there there's a do or die feeling in there right now. So the way yeah. that I see it is that yes, Olympiacos have that uh, have have a better squad. Maybe uh, Olympiacos are dealing with a far easier qualification round than they did in 2019, 2020, when they had Victoria Pilsen. Krasnodar in Istanbul by Saksehir and they breeze through like it was nothing. This year it's easier, but it doesn't. Olympiacos haven't convinced yet. Yeah. That uh, that this is gonna that, that they can actually uh, bounce back. They can actually take this on. Yeah. But they haven't played yet, right? They like. They yeah, but the se- it's been very bad recently. Um, the um, I don't know if this is the place. Oh fuck it, I'll say the the. The environment, let's say, around Olympiacos Football Club and the fans is one of the most toxic I've ever seen it. Um, really? It's really not bad. Not no, right. it's really it's, bad. It's, it's, like, it's you take a, a walk on Twitter. You had the vice president of Olympiacos call out fans on some fan, like some guy made a rumor or something. He called out people on Twitter saying they make a bad environment around the team and people reacted. And there's really... I've never seen so many people swearing the coach, the organization, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's happened before, but this kind of thing is strange. It's, um, it's not, not very good. But the best situation. cure is winning, to be honest. Like, and Olympiacos, again, haven't played an official match. So if they win 3-4-0, everything is hopefully getting better. But there's but, but it's, it's, it's not it's not ready a black and for, white situation it's, it's not ready black, for explosion it's, it's not a black opinion. and white situation at olympiacos when it comes to the relationship between club and fans i've been covering the premier league for seven years and you you get rowdy fans everywhere you get it you get it at arsenal you get it at man united you get it you get it everywhere you can't compare arsenal that, that fans thing, to olympiacos now, that thing that thing exists everywhere there it, i wouldn't but, call it toxic in any way shape or form it is Olympiacos are a, are a club where they demand uh, they demand almost perfection, if not total perfection. Olympiacos is a club that always goes to every game to win, and they are going to approach this game as winning. Anything less will be a failure. It is 
I told you guys in your podcast, Olympiacos are basically the Bayern Munich of Greece. I'm not saying they're like Bayern Munich. I'm saying that what Bayern Munich are in the Bundesliga, Olympiacos are in the Greek Super League. They are a team that strives to always win everything in Greece and also standing out in Europe. They're a different world in themselves. It's a club that, that demands perfection. Sometimes the criticism will get a little out of hand like it does in every club, and I'm sure it does at Maccabi as well, but I would in no way describe it toxic. Uh, uh, I, I have a question about that. So yeah. uh, I, I, I think um, maybe I don't understand it. So if it's a stupid question, let me know. But yeah. I can understand toxic environments in clubs that are not successful. Okay. If the mm-hmm. coach is bad, if they're underperforming, you know, like Arsenal has been with the, the last years of Wenger or, you know, Everton, you know, with, the, with Kuman or I, I get that. I, I've seen Kuman in the press conference once in the game, and it seems like he completely detached. So I, I get this toxic thing. It happens everywhere, but you rarely get it in a team that wants so much in such a long time. You know, three straight championships, I think, like what? Um, you got like 15 of the last, no, like 12 of the last 15 or something like that. The team is, is playing in Europe regularly, and still there is this environment. Like, I think that any team that would be so successful wouldn't have this kind of um, yeah. energy around it. And, 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 you know, you said that if they win 3-4-0, everything will be okay. But what happened if they lose, like, 2-0? Okay, not, oh. not the end of the world, no, but it's only 2-0. World. It's like when I say uh, this comment, I don't agree with everything, but describes it when a team plays back. Like Olympiakos has not played very good football for a year and a half, maybe two years. Sells players for so many millions and brings in lesser quality players. How can the fans not be angry towards the president? I disagree. He's put in a lot of money. But the thing about Olympiakos fans is, okay, we all realize we're the best team in Greece. We should win the Greek League every year. We should win the Cup. Olympiakos lost the Cup in the semifinal last year with a tragic performance. The football has been horrific not even putting up a fight. Me and Kostas were there in uh, in uh, in Piraeus for when we got destroyed by Atalanta 3-0 without Olympiacos even showing up, really. Things like that are unacceptable. Like, in the past, Olympiacos was a place where people feared to come in Piraeus, the fans, the environment, and just rolling over, things like that. But it's not even that. It's just we haven't seen good football for a year and a half. And okay, it's great winning Greek teams that are small with 200 times less your budget, but we want to watch football. We're Olympiacos fans because we've had magical players. We've had some players come from Barcelona and Real Madrid, Carambe, Rivaldo, Giovanni. We've seen amazing, amazing, amazing footballers. And lately we've just seen, okay, let's win and win the league, you know, one or two nil and play defensive football. Like, that is not acceptable for Olympiacos fans. Like, winning alone is not acceptable. You need to win and you need to play nice. Like, it's a weird thing to say. People, do, it's almost like Real Madrid like, which is weird to say. Like, Costa said, where it's almost Bayern Munich to say, but the expectations are so high. You can win everything, but if you play like shit, no one cares. You, that's the thing. But, but, but if, let's say, Panathinaikos were big like they used to be, and they were yeah. similar strength to Olympiacos. Do you think this feeling would be different because there was no. another Greek team that no, might be, you no. know, it's only one of these? Olympiacos yeah. played Panathinaikos six times this season. Uh, no, no, sorry. They played them four times this season. Uh, they didn't beat them once. They actually lost twice, if I remember correctly. And Panathinaikos are no way as strong as they were back in the old days, about 10 years ago, when they would make the quarterfinals of the Champions League. And Olympiacos fans were still annoyed by this. Olympiacos <laughs> okay. are a team. Olympiacos are not Real Madrid. They're not Barcelona. They're not a Premier League team, and they probably never will be one. But the, the, the but the bar is very high. I remember hearing Paul Merson at Sky Sports when Marco Silva joined Hull. Paul Merson didn't think much of Marco Silva, and uh, and he was told by Jeff Stelling, ah, he was the manager at Olympiacos. He won the league at Olympiacos. And Paul Merson said, I could win the league with Olympiacos. No, you fucking couldn't. <laughs> Olympiacos, are, okay. Olympiacos are a team that keep the bar very high up. Leonardo Jardim was sacked at Olympiacos in 2012, undefeated in the league, 
He took us to the Europa League from a difficult uh, Champions League group that included Arsenal, Schalke and Montpellier when they were the French champions, Montpellier. And he was sacked because his football was boring. It's very... The, the, bar, is, it, the bar is high at Olympiacos. It's really yes, high. One single loss could kind of affect the atmosphere there, but obviously there. But because Olympiacos are a club with European standards, there is there is this this situation that could that could bring back some some serenity in there. Mm. So the the reason why there are sometimes you know fans and uh, and the, and players and managers can be a little harsh is because Olympiacos is a team that always wants to win. And like I said before, like I said before, if Martins doesn't make this, doesn't make it through Maccabi, I just cannot see him staying after the after the football we saw last season. Yeah. You, you know, hearing you makes me think this is the biggest advantage that Maccabi has over Olympiacos because we're not supposed to win. Yeah. So if we lose, no, it would be nobody would be happy. Okay, uh, we would want to win every game, but it wouldn't be the end of the world. You know, for us, I think that you know nobody thinks Champions League is attainable. Olympiacos is the worst draw that we could get. We could get. It's a very famous team, big team. And, you know, if we get to the group stages in Conference League, I think most people would be happy. And, and you know, it's good for the, for, the, for the rating, you know, for the points in UEFA to get better uh, um, draws, you know, in the coming years. So, so yeah. for us, it's actually, you know, it's not that bad to go to the Conference League. If you win, it's going to be awesome. But... We don't have this kind of pressure. I don't think there is a lot of pressure on Maccabi to win this game. Yeah. I think the players will come very, you know, easy foot, you know, like light foot. And mm. I, I think I think from hearing what you say, so much pressure on Olympiacos players, you know, every everything has to be perfect. That I think maybe Maccabi Not perfect, could use, just uh, make it through. Just make it through. Yeah. I At think this that's point, a, that's, that's the situation. At this point, the football's been terrible. The football was, was terrible for a year and a half. It was terrible at the end of the season. It was terrible in preseason. It's just like, survive, survive. That's the mentality. And a lot of fans are pissed off because it's like, what we want something more than survive. You know, we want something. We want to see something, right? We have so many good players in this team. And some people push back on this. We have really, in my opinion, some very good players. Like, Socrates, Manolas, Cisse, Versalco, Vachilik, MVA, El Arabi, Zinkernagel, the Camaras. Like, for me, this is a team that's very good. And you see this and they still play so shit. And you just think, well, maybe with a different manager, with a different idea, we could see this team explode with a few more players. Of course, we need a winger still at Olympiacos. But okay, you just see a team that's sick and maybe with a change could launch into a team that could play in the Champions League and play pretty fucking well because we saw the team play really well in the Champions League in 2019. But since then, it's been... Duh, 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 duh. Yeah. And, uh, um, yeah. How long has Martins been in uh, Olympiacos? It's since 2019. 2019. No, no, 2018. Sorry, 2018. 2018, yeah. So he keeps very, very long. He's the longest. Right? And this is a problem. We spoke with a player. Uh, a lot of the fans following may have watched this interview. It was in Greek with Luciano, a former Brazilian player. And he said to us about Pedro Martins, Olympiacos has never had a coach stay this long and be successful and want to stay. So now the club doesn't know what to do with that manager because they've never been in this position before because they're like, well, he's done these amazing things. Maybe the results aren't going better, but we had amazing moments with this guy. What do we do? It's kind of like a catch. What do they say? Catch, catch 22. Catch You're just 22. like, yeah, yeah Olympiacos has never been in this position. So they've had an amazing manager who wants to stay with Olympiacos or was amazing for the first few years. And we beat Arsenal. We did amazing things. We play fantastic football. And now it's like, what do we do with this guy? We don't know what we... Well, if we get rid of him, what are we going to get in return? Are we going to get someone much worse who wants to leave after a year? You know, there's kind of this feeling, what What if it's worse? Like, what if this guy was amazing and keeping things... Of, so there's... Ah, it, it's, a, it's a big problem. And um, you just hope that they turn... The, the hope is we just get back to 2019, 2020, but... All the evidence we've seen is it's not going there. I, it's really hard to describe this Olympiacos situation to people who don't follow it day in, day out. It's really, or understand the context of Olympiacos because it's really, really, really difficult. 
And I know there's a lot of comments like this. Friendlies mean nothing. That's why they call it friendlies. Well, what do they call the cup semifinal where you can barely play football and pass two passes? I would like to. Uh, I would I, like to agree with our fans. I would like to agree with our fans. Well, let's there. see. Maybe we show uh, up and we play the best football we've ever seen. That's the narrative. <laughs> Everyone says we're going to be the the club's narrative, the journalist narrative. Is Olympiacos is ready tomorrow night. That's all that matters. Who cares about the friendlies? Fuck friendlies. No one cares about friendlies. And then they show up tomorrow and they're Barcelona. That's like kind of the narrative we've heard from a lot of people. So fuck. Well, God I would willing, like to that just, happens. I would so. like just like to chip in, and I think I mentioned that in the previous show that back in 2006, Olympiacos would absolutely destroy teams like Verder, like Satander, like Blackburn with like four nil or five nil scores in friendlies, and then. They went to play in the Champions League in an easy group against Valencia, Roma, and Shakhtar and didn't win a single game. So, yeah, friendlies, like, they are a nice little indicator. But at the end of the day, it's not about scores. It's about getting – maybe it's not even about performance. What, it, what it's all about is messages. What works? What doesn't? Who's a, who's a player I can count on? Who's a player I cannot count on? Who do I need to come on in and play Olympia? So many new players that have still not completely adapted at Olympiacos. And I'm just going to say, like, I mean – no one can make predictions at preseason. Last year, I was asked in January who's going to finish fourth in the Premier League, and I said Man United. <laughs> terrible, <laughs> terrible pick, terrible pick. And that was in January. You cannot make any predictions until the January – you cannot make any solid predictions until the January transfer window is over. That's what I have learned. So, yes, I mean, it's very early to determine what's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, Olympiacos are the favorites on paper, but when it comes to the, the on real paper, substance, not even tomorrow night. Um, we've been given preliminary odds from a sponsor we're speaking to. I don't know if it's official yet. We can talk about it later. Um, that Maccabi Haifa and Olympiacos are almost even, meaning you can bet for Olympiacos and win the same money if you bet for Maccabi okay. Haifa. It's on the game or on the tie? On the game, the tie. I'm not sure. Okay. The, but the, the game, game tomorrow. It, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, the game is mixed, but but I think in the tie, I would say Olympiacos is favorites. Yeah, I um, agree. Especially I agree the, with yeah. that. Yeah, and I the, the game, you know, it's it, yeah in the home, you know, Maccabi Haifa full crowd the environment. Yeah, yeah, it but, can but happen. The tie, I don't know. Yeah, and I just to close the segment up. Um, very famous former Olympiacos striker Marco Pandelic wrote had an interview and he said this. I'm sorry, I'm covering everyone up. He said, Vagelis Marnakis is one of the best presidents in the history of Olympiacos, and I say that with the utmost respect for him. If I was in the team now, I wouldn't be interested in the league. It is normal for Olympiacos to win the league. My interest is in Olympiacos doing big things in Europe. Nothing else interests me. Why couldn't Olympiacos play in the final of the Europa League? If Rangers could make it, why not Olympiacos? If I was working in the team, I could not work with people who didn't have the same vision or goal as this. And like this I is said, a... Bayern Munich of Greece. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, yeah, that, that really highlights a lot of the feeling of people in Olympiacos. That comment by former player used to play for Ajax as well, Marco Pantelic, as well as Red Star Belgrade. Um, very famous striker of Olympiacos. So um, I, would, I would say um, we saw this comment also um, from yeah. our friends maybe in Israel. Uh, do your fans talk about revenge because of the results in, on 2002 between the teams? I haven't seen that written anywhere. I haven't seen anyone bring it up at all, actually. Well, I, w I would like to say that I remember those two games very well with Maccabi, both in uh, uh, Nicosia and in Rizupoli. We played in Nicosia because of troubles in Israel back then. It was, it was one of Olympiacos' biggest tragedies because, uh, like you guys remember this as well, they came from a famous 6-2 demolition of Bayer Leverkusen a few months after, they, after Bayer finished in the uh, Champions League uh, final against Real Madrid. They destroyed them 6-2, only to go to a, a Nicosia stadium that looked like the Karaiskaki stadium, filled with Olympiacos fans, and lost 3-0 by a rather impressive team. I really like that team uh, with Pralia, with Rosso, with Awat in goal, mm. with Jakubu Ayekbeni, who then went on for a, a very impressive Premier League uh, career with Portsmouth. Uh, he played for Everton as well. He played for Reading. And there was Hijak Shum, on the bench, who, because of the great results that he got against Olympiacos, one of, it was one of the reasons Panathinaikos signed him, and he won the double with them a, a season later. Very underrated coach. How do you remember mm. those matches, uh, Offer? Oh, we 
great fondness. So <laughs> I, I'll tell you, I was a soldier. You know, we have a conscription in Israel. Every, everybody, yeah. So I did three years in, of army and I couldn't go to the matches in Cyprus because um, they were just allowing, I was telling my friend, and um, it was the first year, I think, that they allowed uh, soldiers to go abroad for one time in the whole of the three years. And I chose the game in Old Trafford because that was, you know, the first ever game of an Israeli team. So I had to watch the games uh, in, in the base, some of them, because it was the middle of the week. I wasn't at home. And I remember sitting in the, in the club of, it's really hard to explain to non-Israelis, but we have like a small clubhouse, like a, maybe one sofa and a small TV and watching the game and yelling, and, you know, getting crazy. You know, Yakubu, that, that hat trick. Um, that was something else, you know. Um, and, and I think, you know, it was an amazing team. I, I, people are, you know, always arguing about um, who, is, who is the best team ever in, in Israel and nobody is objective, right? Um, uh, but it, I think you can say it was one of the top five teams ever, you know, uh, top five. Because what was amazing about it, uh, I allow myself to be, uh, you know, uh, exploitic for a second. We didn't know that we could do those things. We didn't know that we were, you know, just can play against teams like, you know, uh, Manchester United or Olympiacos or Leverkusen as equals. And we didn't think we couldn't. So we just, you know, just went out there and played. And it was just amazing. Um, and, you know, we didn't win the championship that season in Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was a very crazy, crazy season. Uh, it ended up we lost to, you know, Ayak in the after the yeah. 8-1 in the tie. Um, but still, very memorable season. Um, you know, those games. The only thing... Uh, I, I'm, I'm, you know, disappointing when I think about it that, that I, you know, apart from not being able to go to more games, um, was the fact that they were played abroad, you know. Uh, a lot of fans took like a, a boat to the game and back and fly for the day. And it was just something, you know, something really, really magical, I would say. Really magical. But, but it's better to, stay, to play at home, 100%. You know, Maccabi, yeah. Maccabi actually played, I think, in 11 different stadiums at home or maybe 12 during its European, you know, games because of troubles in Israel and all that stuff. We played home games in Kiev. We played home games in Netherlands. We played home games, I think, in, um, of course, in Cyprus and many other places. So, yeah, you know. How do you compare that, those two teams, today's team, today's Maccabi to 2002-2003? Uh, well, we don't have Higabini in, in the striker position. I mean, you know, that's that's... If you look at all those players who played, you know what? I don't like Awad personally. I don't think he's the best keeper like to play for Maccabi. But he went on to have an amazing career in Spain, you know, in Mallorca. Um, I, I, Gabini, you mentioned Tralia was amazing. Uh, uh, Rosso is one of the all-time great foreign players in Israel. And, and we also have a host of other players which were great. My favorite, Adoram Casey, was there. Um, you know, so I think back then... You could bring those kind of foreign players um, that now you can't bring. Olympiacos obviously can spend like five million euros, or I don't know even what's the top signing like price that Olympiacos paid for a player. What Do you is, know? In history in history in history in history. If I'm not mistaken, that's Zlatko Zakovic. I just don't remember the sum, and that's back in 1999. Oh wow! Okay, but 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 let's say six euro, six million euros, five million euros is something that. Yeah. You can see I was paid for a player. Yeah, yeah. We paid last okay. summer for Henry Onyakuru five million euros. We paid seven, eight million for Daniel Podense a few okay. years ago. So, yeah. so we just bought our most expensive player ever and it cost one point seven million euros. So you see the difference in what kind of yeah. players we can we can bring. However, I think the Israeli players um you know, recently we saw the the youth team, the under nineteen. Uh, reach all the way to the final of the European Championship. So there are, you know, up-and-coming uh, um, uh, talents growing in Israel. And I think that the, the homegrown talents are great. I don't know how it is with Olympiacos. Do you, do you have a lot of homegrown players from the Oh, that's team? a big problem. No, because the club doesn't use any young players. Uh, that's another can of worms. Uh, we have, we have so- a B team. We have a B team where they play, but 
Yeah, unfortunately, it's a, it's a rare occurrence watching. But the B uh, team is now loaded with foreigners as well. Now they bought foreign players, foreign young players really? for the B team. Yeah, the yeah, B yeah, team quite... foreign players, but yeah, it doesn't yeah. need to feed the purpose. Doesn't need to Let's feed the purpose of the. This is okay. a, this is another disaster. Well, no, I mean, we can talk about anything, but yeah, like I don't. In, oh, general, in general, in Greek, in Greece, uh, we had a very interesting guest recently, Labro, who went into depth about that, and we're soon going to be. Uh, sharing that interview yeah uh in greece there is we, it, there's a serious lack of patience in greece mm. when it comes to talents and uh, unfortunately the biggest victims of that is young greek players yeah it's yeah. i guess it's a shame right but but yeah. uh, so is fans um, and i think almost everybody in like israeli football we love the young players who are coming through the youth team and we love to see them. And we give them more chances, I think, more like if there's a foreign player and a young player coming up through the, the youth team and they're both the same position and the, the foreign player is not that much better than the youth player, then we would love to have the youth player play. You know, it's, it's much more exciting to us. We have Neta Lavi, we have uh, Abu Fani. And sometimes they go out to, um, to loan spells with other teams and then they come back to us. And... Um, and and I think that that's something that that we love to see, uh, you know. Um, but but if if you don't have it, I mean, if it's another can of worms. I don't want to open it, so I don't want to, you know, cause any more trouble than I have already. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a big problem. It's a it's a big one. It's a big issue. And um, I guess as we reach an hour here, because oh god, the the academy discussion. I knew Adi would love to have that discussion because. <laughs> We've actually spoken with Par Zetterberg, former Lukaku's player, former of Anderlecht, and he told us it's the same thing up in in Sweden. A lot of times, um, and I know this also in the Netherlands because I'm half Dutch. Um, I remember Davinson Sanchez signed for um, Ajax, and I was there with fan with friends, like having a drink, and they're like, "Who the hell is this guy from Colombia? We have a." What's what's his name? Like Per Schurz in the academy. He's much better than this guy from Colombia. Blah blah. It's that sort of mentality. Which in Greece, Davinson Sanchez, anyone signs from Colombia, they're like, oh shit, this is the biggest player of all time. He's yeah, coming from Colombia. Player. You know, this like it's a, player, yeah. It's it's a um, whole different discussion. It's uh, a whole different think, discussion. But I think a very interesting discussion to uh, close this to, yeah. to, to close this uh, yeah this episode. Uh, offer predictions. And, yeah. Oh wow! No, you're gonna make yes. me do it, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. we always yes. make our guests do, do before the game. Well, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's gonna end as a two-two draw. Two-two. Uh, I can't yeah, remember the last that's, time that's we got scored two goals. That's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, hopefully, I'm wrong, and we, I'm the so only two negative. goals we from us. So, <laughs> um, who goes through? Who goes through? Man, I never bet against my team, so I'm gonna say Maccabi yeah. Haifa. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I okay. don't believe it, but if I have to bet, if you tell me put like 50 drachmas, I'm going to put them on uh, <laughs> because I never bet against my team. Never. Yeah, yeah. Labro, what do you think, pal? Um, well, I just said, oh, God. Um, oh, God. <laughs> I'm going to say 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. Um, actually, screw it. I'll say 2-1 Olympiacos, even though we haven't scored two goals in forever. Uh and I'll give goal scores because I like doing this. I'm going to say Philippe Zincarnago scores a goal and Yusef El Arabi scores a goal like usual. And uh, let's let's see. And for Maccabi Haifa, I will say Daniel Sudgren will score a goal. Screw it, Ooh. you know, <laughs> randomly. I, I know he's going to put in a good cross that could lead to He always has that one good cross, that bastard Sudgren, I swear. <laughs> and he's always a bastard, too, to play against. He's always like, yelling getting pushing people going to the ref like he's one of those guys who's just like fuck i hate this guy if he's on your team you love him but then you play against him like, fuck, God, i hate that <laughs> yeah. guy so 2-1 Rosas. well uh basically i thought about this and i got two and i i think it's gonna go two ways either Maccabi go through or or libyakos go through in an absolutely thrilling slash dramatic fashion like extra time penalties, oh. a, a, a late goal, something like something extremely nerve wracking that will actually make a lot of people think, "Is this a Champions League team?" So I think it's going to be a draw in Israel, and uh, 
something tells me there's going to be drama at Karaiskaki. Yeah. Oh. Um, I just, I'm so scared to see the the comments by fans <laughs> if Olympiakos loses tomorrow. <laughs> I'm like scared. I'm like actually because they we've heard the line like everyone's been like you'll see Olympiakos is incredibly ready. Come July 20th, you'll see we work hard in training. And if they screw up, it's going to be like pie on their face type thing. I think they say in the UK. Of course, <laughs> I spend more time in the UK. I think that's what they say. Egg right? on face. Egg on face. Sorry. <laughs> pie on face. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I guess that's it. Guys, drop your description. Uh, match descriptions. I see Levi says 3-0 to Maccabi. Oh, God. Please, no. I don't think so. A lot of Olympiacos fans are very confident. <laughs> 4-0 in Greece. Uh, yeah, yeah. This game uh, starts from 3-0. Nectarios, Olympiakos, Olympiakos, people are saying, you know, thrillers, we can do it, blah, blah, blah. So uh, we have 2-0 for Olympiakos, I think. Um, so I people think are confident. I, literally, uh, what can you say? What can you say? Um, all I'll say is what I put out on our account on Twitter as well as on Facebook and Instagram today. Um, we're leaving all of the criticism, all the shit behind, and we're just supporting the team from here on out, whatever they do, until the tie is over, okay? Like, we're going to come out, we're going to talk about the game, but we're behind the... And I know some of you bastards do it. No messages to the players calling them shit and stuff. Like, they need the support. Like, no one say their shit. No one write under their little Instagram modeling post or shit. Like, <laughs> we're supporting the team from here on out. It doesn't matter. Um so on that note, everyone, we hope you have a good night. Opupasasi. Uh, follow we'll Offer. Follow Offer and his magnificent uh, podcast yes. on Twitter. So. Offer, Thank you. You want to yes. say, say a couple of things? About yeah, the, yeah. About Offer, the if you want to say some words, where we can follow you. Um, yes. Yeah, so um, I have my own Twitter, but it's most in Hebrew, so it wouldn't be very interesting to anyone. But I do encourage everyone to uh, go and uh, um, subscribe to the Twitter feed of Yavok. Y A R O K one nine one three. That's Yarok nineteen thirteen. That's a, a Barking Green podcast. Nufchim Be'alok in Hebrew. Um, and whoever comes to Israel from the Olympiakos fans that might be listening, um, come have a beer with us before the game in the pub in the stadium. Don't be shy. Um, you know, come sing with us or something. Have a beer. Have a drink. We have some good. Um, Maybe Alak, it's like Uzo, but better. And, <laughs> and, and have fun, you know? It's, it's all about having fun, even if you lose. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I like and that. everyone, um, show respect to uh, everyone. Be kind to each other. We're opponents exactly. now, but show respect. No stupid comments or anything like that. Let's all show respect. It's been fantastic um, getting to know you guys and also more about Israeli football. I really enjoyed the, the game on Saturday. Like, it was quite entertaining. I was like, Oh shit, Israeli football, like I don't know anything about it was quite good. So I'm excited for tomorrow night. Maybe I won't sleep now. I'm so excited. But <laughs> um yeah, on that note, thank you guys all for listening so much. Um everyone, Olimazi Borume, Yati Prokrisi. Uh let's do it tomorrow in Haifa. And be respectful, be and respectful. Be respectful. Everyone. Um everyone. Yeah, let's do it, guys. Let's do it tomorrow. Good night. Um, some of you will typically watch in the morning. Good morning. Uh, have a good day. Uh, talk soon, everyone. Ciao, ciao.